All right, now, now, now let's get into the word. 1 Corinthians 15, and we want to look at verse 20 through 22 in 1 Corinthians 15, and that's going to be our series. Remember, we know we want off, so we're going to, we're going to catch up. One day, one day, the wife, amen, one day the wife going to bust a move, I can call it that. All right, amen. She has a green light, so. Uh, whenever she's re ready to minister, she has a green light. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, 20 through 22, just three verses. Let's read together. We'll read now the King James. We will be uh, going through the, the good news today, I think. I'm not sure about nothing now. You get up, get up here, okay? 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And that's what God did when he put us in Christ. Now remember, when I minister this, all of it is done for as God concerned, but you get in Christ when you believe the gospel. Then Christ comes in you when you believe the gospel. See, everything, God already did everything, uh, but you, you have to, when you believe the gospel, this is what first going to happen to you. God going to put you in Christ. After that, then God going to put Christ in you. See, all of that is yours. Everything is yours. But you get nothing without believing it. Somebody say amen. amen. God made man a new creation. All he got to do is come and receive it. Amen? All right. Now, now, let's go to the word today. I mean, that's our series. But let's go to what we're talking about today. Uh, because this is something that I really believe that uh, God put in my spirit, and all day and all uh, yesterday and the night has been there, so I, I have to preach it out. Once the word get in you, you, you just got to preach it out. Amen. amen. Once I preach it out, I'm all right. Amen. All right. Now, we're going to talk about 1 Peter 4, 7. Just we want to go to one verse. And we're going to do it like we did this morning, 1 Peter 4, 7, but we're going to do it in the... Uh, King James, NLT, and Good News. All three places. 1 Peter 4, 7. 1 Peter 4, 7. We're going to read out of King James first. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. Because that's where we get our subject. 1 Peter 4, 7. Are you there? Let's read up. You're on the screen. You can read the screen. The end, but the end of all things is at hand. Let's say it again. But the end of all things is at hand. That's the verse we want to use. Now, remember, 2,000 years ago is when Peter said this. As a matter of fact, it was A.D. 60 when the Bible recorded it. In your Bible, when you read, read Peter, it was A.D. 60. All right, A.D. 60, that's when it was recorded. All right, now, 1 Peter 4, 7, once again. 1 Peter 4, 7. That's how the King James. Now we're going to go to... Uh, the next thing, the next thing we want to go to is the NLT, then the good news. The NLT or the, in the good news, all right? Now, uh, we're going to go to that on your screen. All right, let's read it on the screen. The end of the world is coming soon. Now, remember, all of this was written 2,000 years ago. When, it, when was it written? 2,000 years ago. Always remember that. The, the, it was written 2,000 years ago. So you can't just tell somebody today the end of the world is coming soon but that's what people are doing because they're not putting things in their proper perspective, okay? So if you look at your Bible, your Bible will say Peter wrote this in A.D. 60. Now remember, Jesus died A.D. 30. So we talk about 30 years after Jesus died, and now we talk about 2,000 years nearly. Uh, matter of fact, this coming 2030, 2030 will be 2,000 years since Christ died and buried and raised again from the dead. So we talk about nearly 2,000 years ago is when this was written. So if you find a letter 2,000 years old, you can't say, all right, let, let's look at uh, the, the, the NLT of the good news, any one we got. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be honest and disciplined in, our, in your prayer. The end of, end of the world is coming soon. But let's look at the good news. See, each translation will tell you, they said a good end of the world. The King James says the end of all things. 
If the end of the world is, is it was coming then, end of all things was coming too. But I want to be able to break that down to you. Now here we go. The end of all things is near. See, the King James used the word to enter all things at hand. So if you stretch your hand out that kind of way, you know that's near, right? Right. So to enter all things is near. You must be self-controlled self and alert and be able to pray. Now, that's what he was saying to them. But the end of all things is not in our future. Uh, I'm sorry. The end of all things is not in our, it's near to us. It was to them, okay? So let's pray. And then we can take a seat. Now, now, Father, we come in the blessed name of our Lord Jesus. We thank you for giving us the, the blood of your son, giving us life. As a matter of fact, all of his sufferings, his passion, the Bible calls it with infallible proof. We thank you for Christ, our Lord. And we thank you for his death, his burial, his resurrection. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Now, we thank you for leading us and guiding us and helping us to understand Help us understand your word. Thank you for the new covenant. And Lord, thank you for teaching us and leading us and guiding us into your new covenant. Now we bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. All of you that prayer said amen. amen. All right. Now let me, let me give you, uh, 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 you can be seated. I want to give you something that you can be able to see. Always when you want to know the word of God, you do a comparison. You always do a comparison. Here, if you compare the Lord Jesus and Moses. Let's do a comparison with the Lord Jesus and Moses. Now, if Moses led them out of Egypt into the wilderness, and you're going to do a comparison with uh, Moses, uh, then you have to look at the new covenant. Now, Moses could not lead them all the way. He had to lead them out. But they didn't just come out. They, he led them out to bring them in. Say he led them out to bring them in. All right. So he wasn't just leading them out and remain out, right? His whole thing was lead, bring them out of Egypt, bring them into the promised land. All right. Now let's look at Jesus. Because Moses didn't take them into the promised land. Joshua did. Do everybody understand that? You need to watch the Ten Commandments. Come on every year free. All right. I keep saying that. Amen. You, you can do it right now on your part, on your YouTube. You can just go to YouTube and watch all the edition. But the whole thing, they led him out of Egypt, and, and, and he had to go in the mountain to die, and then Joshua would lead them in. Can't you see Christ? Christ led you out of sin. He went in the mountain and died, on top of the mountain and died, remember? And then Paul led you into grace. Can you see that? All right. So that's what you want to look at. Moses led them out of Egypt. Moses led them into the promised land, all right? But watch what happened. They, he led them everything that was natural. Over this side, Christ led you out of sin, and, but he couldn't take you into the grace. So he got Paul, right? Paul now take us into what? Into the grace of God. That's what you got to understand. So it was Paul who led us into the grace of God. All right, so you're in grace now. All right, let's show you that. Romans 6, 48. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 6. I don't think it's 48, though. I think I just... But let's go look at it. Romans chapter 6. That's a lot of verses, so we know 48 can't be 48. 14, I'm sorry. Uh, 614. 614. Are you there? Romans 6, 14. Let's read it. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are not, come on, need everybody to read. See, you got to know where you are. I'm just, all I'm doing is giving you the information that's already been given you. Until you get the information, you're not qualified for some thing from the Holy Spirit. All right? So we're going we're gonna to go back and talk about the end of all things at hand. Now, remember, that's what we talked about this morning. The end of all things is at hand. Say that with me. The end of all things is near. Right, so that's what we're talking about. We haven't changed. If I change, I'm going to tell you. We're talking about the same thing we talked about this morning. The end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is near. So really what I want to show you that 
at their time, we, we, we're picking this apart because that's what teaching is about. We're talking about today the end of the law. Now, you have to understand, when you just said the end of the law, you got to understand all that's under the law. So that's why I say you have to understand. It's not just end of the law. What is the law? What did the law consider? What was under the law? See, all of that, you have to understand. Then you got to know what the word end means. See, I got to give you that next. Because he's not talking about the way we think it naturally. You know, just like you go see a movie and all of a sudden the movie go off. And they have a big old thing at the bottom of the movie. The end. See, that's what we used to. But, but we want to we get the definition of the word so we'll know how to walk in this word. All right? All right. Now, uh, definition. But I gave you Romans 6, 14. You're not under, you're not under the law. You're under grace. Just want to make sure you see that. All right? Romans 6, 14, one more time before they get away. You, you have to know where you are. You are not under the law. You're not in the Old Covenant. You're not in the Old Testament. Old things are passed away. If old things are passed away, then what's old? What's all you can think about is old? The law is old. The, the covenant that they had is old. You're not under that no more. See, until I get some things out of you, I can't get some things in you. That's all I'm saying. They have to come out. You can't be sitting here in grace. Look on the screen. Look, on, look, look at it. Romans 6, 14. Did you flash it up there before I go? Watch what it says. Sin shall not have dominion over you, because you're not under that old covenant. For you are not under the law. Why? Because you can't have law without sin. They go together. But you're under grace. Now, as long as you know you're under grace, grace is the spirit. See, you got to understand, that's why everything, I want to I wanna say something before I get in my message today, uh, I, I, I'm going to do this. Uh, I won't say who it is. That person is here. They know who it was. Uh, they contacted me, and they asked me about uh, ministry gifts. Because if you notice today, go to Colossians. That's, that's what we're going to do that. Remember this morning I gave you Colossians chapter 2? And I gave you verse 4, 8, and 13, right? So let's go there now. Let's do that now. In Colossians chapter 2. I want to show you something. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look up at 4, 8, and then we're going to go down and start verse 13. All right. Now we're going to do that out of the King James. All right. But we're going to show you something. Now, what we see today, if you do not qualify and understand what I'm saying, you're going to be deceived. Like I said, I would say 90% of people in this world is deceived while I'm talking right now. Are you in that 90? See, going to church is one thing, but going to, going to hell is another. And if you deceive, you're going to hell because you didn't believe the truth. You're not going to hell because Christ died for you already. You're going to hell because you didn't believe the truth. All right. Now, let's look at this real good. Uh, I'm reading it out of the King James. Colossians chapter 2, right? And verse number 4. Watch what it says. And this I say, let no man, that no man beguile you. How are they going to beguile you? What, 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 do they, what do they do when, when they beguile? We're talking about the same thing we talked about this morning. Okay. Uh, now, watch what, he say, watch what he's saying. He's telling you who's going to do it. It ain't the devil. It's going to be a person you go in the church that you're looking at on television. He says, and this I say, less any man. You can't be no plain in that. He told you who would do it. Lest any man should beguile you. And how is he going to do it? He's going to do it with enticing words. 
So that means he's going to minister something to you that's not true. And you're going to believe a lie. That's what happened to Eve. She believed a lie. Now let's go to verse 8. Now I'm going somewhere. Don't think you know where I'm going. Just listen. Beware. Verse 8, beware lest any man. See, you people go to church, sit up in the church, they don't know what that man ministers on. All they know that man preach. What did he preach? I don't know what he preached, but he can preach. And all somebody got to do is add a cup of hot to their message and you gone. You, you up. Preach. All right, here we go. Verse 8, beware lest any man, number, uh, again, spoil you. Well, how's he going to spoil you? To spoil you means to take everything you have. Clean your little offering out. See? He's going to give you some prophecy so he can get your money. Whatever. See? Beware that's any man spoil you. He's going to do it through philosophy. He's going to do it through vain deceit. He's going to do it after tradition of men. After tradition of men. Not after, not after the, the teachings He's going to do it after the rudiments of the world. Those were rudiments mean teachings, doctrines, and not after Christ. They are not preaching you Christ. Then he says, in verse number 13, that's what we're going to skip down. Now watch what he told you. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath, past tense, he has quickened us together with Christ. That's what God already did. Now if you don't believe the gospel, you get none of this stuff. All right, having forgiven you of all trespasses. Then he said, blotting out. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances. The handwriting of ordinances was the law. Having forgiven us all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out the way, kneeling to his cross. So everything that was against you, Christ died on the cross to save you from that. And then he said, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumph over them in it. Back to verse 16. Here it is. Let no, he can't do it if you don't let him. Let no man judge you in meat or drink. Meat and drink is the bread on the table and the wine on the table. Don't let nobody judge you in the Passover, in holidays, they call holy days, new moon, you don't go to church on Saturday, Sabbath days. See, don't let nobody judge you that. Why? Because all that's gone. Keep going. Verse 18. Verse 17, those things are the shadow of things. They are shadow, that's Old Testament. A shadow of things to come, but the bodies of Christ. So he's letting you know, don't let nobody judge you of this stuff because it's already been done. Next, let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility of worshiping of angels. Now that word angels right there, I want you to look at your Bible, and you got a decent Bible, verse number 18, tell me what the word angels are there in your Bible. Let's see how well you know your Bible. You got a Bible, you got a concordance down the middle. What is that word angel there? Y'all do have a Bible, y'all do have a concordance down the middle, you got verse 18, if you look at verse 18, you'll see it, it say minister. Now you got no Bible, you can't see that. Anybody got a Bible, got a concordance down the middle? You do know where that, right? I just told you what it was, right? Verse 18, Colossians chapter 2, verse 18. Get the tape, do it later. Let no man beguile you of reward of in a voluntary humility of worshiping of angels. That word angels right there, it says pastors. If you got a decent Bible, or messengers. How many got messengers in their Bible? You got something if you got a Bible. You don't have a Bible, spend some money and buy your Bible. You're cheap. You're not cheap. Forgive me, Lord. Your expensive self. Praise the Lord. 
We, we offer Bibles in the storehouse if you need Bibles. Matter of fact, I got two loads more coming. Praise God. Make sure you got some good Bibles in this house. All right. And let no man deceive you of your voluntary reward, your reward in a voluntary humility of worshiping angels, those are messengers or pastors. Watch what it says. Intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So let's, let's look at this. I had a question from a lady this week, person to go to this ministry. She was asking me about pastors. So I'm going to talk about this at this time. Now, these pastors, I, I want to show it to you in the Word. I don't want you to guess. Go to Ephesians. Come right back. Just going to take, going to take about five minutes to deal with this. Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 7, let's back up to that verse, Ephesians 4, 7. We read now the King James Version. Now, in Ephesians 4, 7, God gave everybody. See, what happens is when we get in church, we leave our head in the, in, in, in the car. Just, just take the head off, screw it off, leave in the car. We don't need to think. We got a, we got a degree two degrees, three degrees, four degrees, but we takes it off, leaving the car, because we don't even think we go to church. We just believe everything the preacher says. That's what a lot of people do. You got more education than that man up there. You just don't use it. At least you can read the Bible for yourself and know that's not what it says. All right. Ephesians 4, 4 7, it says, but unto every one of us, Let's read it. But unto every one of us is given grace. Every one of us. God gave you grace too. Go to Romans chapter, we, we come right back there. Go to Romans 12 and 3. See, God has given you everything you need. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. Now I just told you God has given you grace. You need to at least mark that to know what he gave you. Because if I ask you again, you say, yeah, Pastor, God gave me grace. He gave everybody grace. What, what if, now if you don't believe the gospel, none of this is yours. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. For I say through the grace that he gave you, to every man that's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. God gave you what? First he gave you? He gave you his grace. Number two, he gave you what? He gave you the measure of faith. But if you do not believe the gospel, you get nothing. Now last week, I read you a scripture that God has given you everything. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to believe you got that. Somebody may have it. But I read you a verse that God gave you everything. Now, if you, you that student, you still got that note, I want you to find that for me. All right. But, but we're but we going to move on. Now, he's already given you the grace. He's already given you the faith. Let's show you something. So you have no right to be deceived. But when you believe everything the person says don't, don't go to the word, you're going to be deceived. Because he just got through telling you, men going to deceive you. Let no man deceive you. Three times. Let no man beguile you. Let no man spoil you. You just can't go sit up in the church. Let me put it this way. If you got to have some, something done in your body, you just don't go anywhere to get it done. I mean, at least you want to make sure the person you're getting it done is credible 
and they, they can't just say they stayed at the Holiday Inn last night. Remember that commercial? You got to at least make sure they're credible, right? Right. All right. So, so what I want to do is, all right. Okay, I got you. Let's move on. Now, let's, let's show you something. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. That's what I told you we're going to go to. Or I tell you Ephesians 4.11. I won't have to wait on you because I'll be already there by the time you remember what I told you. Ephesians 4.11. I know you got all your notes and stuff. But... All right, but I showed you Ephesians 4.7. He gave you grace. Now, let's look at verse 8. Ephesians 4.8 because I'm going to need that. Ephesians 4.8. This is a part of the, what I got to have. It says, Wherefore he says, when he ascended on high, that's when he, rose, when he raised from the dead. I'm waiting you to put it on the screen. That's why I'll be taking my time. It says, Wherefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Somebody say gifts. He gave the gift to the men. Got it? He gave the gift to the man. What you want to learn out of this is the man is not the gift. He gave the gift to the man. He gave the gift to the man. See, this is what keeps people from being deceived is when they listen. I'm your pastor. And if I do not have the gift of pastor, please listen to what I'm saying. You, know, you can talk to people and they just, okay, I hear you. Don't hear nothing. Tell me five minutes later, that's what they said. I don't know what you said. Well, you, you was telling me. No, don't give me you was telling me. What did I say? I'm getting ready to tell you what I'm going to say again. You have heard me say before. God gave me to this church. I believe that I'm a part of the body. Understand that. But I want to clarify the gift. He gave gifts. Put it back on the screen again. Ephesians 4 8. He gave gifts to man. Do everybody see that? When he led captivity captive, he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Don't forget that, because that's the key to the whole verse. But watch what it says in verse number 9, Ephesians 4 and 9. He that ascended is the same also that descended first into the lower part of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended also ascended far above all heaven that he might feel. That word feel is the same word I'm dealing with today because I gave you the word in. Remember the word in? All right. Now, let me give you the definition for the word in again because we're talking about the end of the law or the end of all things is at hand. The word in means fulfillment. So really he's talking about the fulfillment of all things. The end of all things is what? The fulfillment of all things. Number two, the conclusion. So when he's talking about the end of the law, he's talking about the fulfillment of the law, or he's talking about the conclusion of the law, or the perfection of the law. The end of something is the to finish it. But he finished it as fulfillment. You'll see that later. We don't have the law no more, but we have what God gave us that fulfilled it. We still have what he gave us that fulfilled it. So you don't have law no more, you have what fulfilled it. And you need to know what that is. So when God talk about the end, he's talking about to finish, the conclusion, termination, complete, to end, to bring to an intended perfection. All that is the same word is to end it, to fulfill it. So, so that's why I'm talking about he fulfilled all things. So if he fulfilled everything, and I gave you the verse 
in Luke 24, 44, I showed you that everything that's in the prophets, everything in the law of Moses, and everything in the Psalms has already been fulfilled. It's on the screen. And he said to them, these are the words which I spake to you while I was yet with you, because he's risen from the dead now, that all things must be what? Fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses. So everything in the law of Moses he has fulfilled, or he has finished, or he has conclusion, or brought to perfection. Now he is the end of all of those things. Search the scripture in them. You think you have eternal life. They are they that testify of me. So all those things, the law of Moses, the, the Psalms, and the prophets, everything in them has already been fulfilled. So when you start talking about Jesus Christ is coming again, you, you, you in the Old Testament. You are in the grace now. And everything on the grace is spirit. Let, let, me, let me finish this thought I got here now first. Ephesians 4, and verse 10 again. That's where we're at. Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended, also ascended, up far above the heavens, that he might fill. Now, we gave you the word fill, fulfill the same word, uh, bring to perfection, all things. Put an end to all things. Finish all things. Everybody got that, right? Let's look at now in verse 11. Let's see how well you have remembered what I told you. Matter of fact, I'm going to take you through that. I'm going to bring you back to Ephesians 4, 8 because I want you to know this because I'm getting ready to tell you again. Go to Ephesians 4, 8. What did I say to you in Ephesians 4, 8? Oh, y'all got it. Because you know I'm coming back, right? He gave gifts to men. What did he give to men? He didn't give men. He gave gifts to men. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So right there where you got that word some in your Bible, please put gifts. Put the word gifts. And he gave some. You want to put the word gifts. Where did I get that from? See, some of y'all, da, 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 da. no. Where did I get that from? Why do I have the right to put down the word gifts by the word some? Why do I have that right? Because that's what verse 8 told me. See, I'm not just telling you. I'm telling you how I got it. I'm showing you how to study. Ephesians 4.8 told me he gave gifts to men. So when I get down here and he gave some, I know that some is gifts. He gave gifts, some gift of an apostle. Do you see what he's doing? So he called apostle gifts. We have taken them as men. He didn't tell you, he, he didn't say he gave you the men. He gave you the gift. See, what happened in churches, you got preachers come in, they've been in so long, and all, all of a sudden, they reach up on the shelf and they get one of them gifts. But you don't understand, without the grace, you can't have the gift. God know how to give good gifts unto his children. Yes. And until you qualify, he can't give you the gift. So what you have is people are calling themselves apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, and they don't have the gift. The person is not the gift. The gift is given to the person. And to get the gift given to you, there's a qualification. 
That's why you have to understand the Apostle Paul. That's why I'm teaching you on the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul told us why God gave him the gift. He committed it to his trust. Write that down. Somewhere you got to write some stuff down. God give you no gift if he cannot trust you. Gifts are committed to you because God can trust you. See, you hear a lot of folks say, oh yeah, God, I'll give God my tithe, I give God my offering, I give God my money, I give God cheerful, I, give, I do all this for the Lord, praise the Lord. It's okay because you ain't got no money. See, all that sounds good because you don't have no money. If I'm only getting $100 or $200 or $300 or $400 or $500, oh yeah, I can give God $50. That ain't bad. But what happened when God began to bless me with thousands? Now, how about if he blessed me with 10000 Will you give 1000 me and my wife had that had that happen to us. Wasn't no problem with it, honey. Wasn't no problem. God give me ten thousand, I sure give him a thousand. But see, this is how people think. And then it goes on and on. What if he bless you with a million? Well, mm, praise the Lord. See, the key is what God is showing you, are you trustworthy can he trust you don't you realize everything you got God gave it to you Amen. I mean do you really understand that God can only give you what he trusts you with so that's why I don't worry about this ministry I don't worry about God taking care of this ministry because I know God can trust me with what he wants to See, God can trust me. So I have no problem. When finances come in this church, my wife will tell you, I already know what I'm doing. I have a financial person right over there. She take care of the business of this house. And I make sure everybody have credit to what they give to this house. So when you get to the end of the year, you won't know what, uh, any time, you won't say, I won't know why I gave this ministry. We know what you gave, and we keep your record seven years in case you go through an audit or something. And you may say, Pastor, I, I don't know what I gave. I can't find a receipt. I know what you gave. I got, already got it in boxes, <laughs> what you gave every week. Because this ministry is a ministry you can trust Nobody going to give you the riches of the kingdom if they can't trust you. So that's what God does with us as we grow in grace. God just want to know, can I trust you with what I want to give you? Because you haven't seen my wallet yet. You don't know how much God got. But if you don't be faithful, over the few things. How can he commit to you the true riches? Now the true riches is all the spiritual things that I'm getting ready to talk to you about. How is he going to make you a pastor of a church and you won't even give now? You become the pastor, you become a thief. Because everybody's putting their money in your church and you are doing your own thing. You can't take God's money and do what you want to do with it. It don't work that way with God. Everything you do with God has to be by permission. And you got to know when he say no, it's no. Amen? See, my wife and I have no problem in this area because we realize everything that I have, God gave it to me. 
Do you, do you understand? My health, my strength, God gave it to me. My wife, listen, one day I'm going to give you a testimony in this house. I, my, my thing was with the Lord that God would give my strength back, give my health back. And God is my witness. The people called me up. Matter of fact, I got sister right there can testify. I got people here that works with me. But the people called me up and said to me, I want you to go and get this done. I'm going like, see, yeah, your insurance going to pay for it. I said, well, you know, I, I was going through some weakness in my body because I had open heart surgery. But I'm going like, I don't know what's going on. He said, so we're going to find out. They start giving me everything I need to build me up. And they make an appointment every other week. Whatever you need, make sure your vitamin A is where it's supposed to be. Vitamin B, where it's supposed to be. Vitamin C, where it's supposed to be. Vitamin E, where it's supposed to be. Iron, where it's supposed to be. Everything. I want to make sure everything is where it's supposed to be. Anything low, we're going to bring that up. Anything high, we're going to bring that down. And, and I said to God, how can I ask for more than that? When God would bless me to get my health and strength back in order. It's nothing like God. I can't just tell you everything, you know what I mean? You got to get there. I get there one day, I can be able to share that. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. My wife would tell you, I, I, had, I was so until I couldn't walk to the mailbox. You've been in my home before, you know what I mean. Couldn't even walk to the mailbox. I get the mailbox going like, man, how am I going to get back? <laughs> I can't run back. This after I had surgery. It was like before I had surgery, but also after. Because something happened. The man told me, he said, first of all, I will tell you this part. Your, your hemoglobin is low. Now, some of y'all may not know what hemoglobin is. Just look it up one day. It means your blood. And I says, what you mean it's low? He said, well, we're going to check you out. I said, you, you got to have that many little, little things for to find out? And you told me, I, you, baby, you drew it all out? You, you know, I'm just, I'm just talking. You know, they drew about five of them little things or six. They said, your, your vials, your, your hemoglobin is low. I said, what is it? He said, five. The man called me at 1030 at night, didn't he, honey? Called me at 1030 at night and said, go to the doctor now. Go to the hospital right now. I said, what? He said, ma'am, have him there early in the morning if you can't go tonight. It's 1030 at night after they checked my blood. They said, man, your hemoglobin is five. You ain't got no blood in your body. Huh? Wow. That's why I can't walk to the mailbox back. So they gave me a couple of pints of blood. I said, God. I said, man, that's all I needed. But I wasn't there yet. He said, no, you're not there. We got to build your blood up. So we're going to get your iron. Then he gave me iron. See, then they started doing all the different things. You know what I mean? Most people don't care whether they hemoglobin is five or six. You need to get checked out is my point. How you ever know? So things like that I, I like to share with you. But see, the key is I trust him to take care of me. None of this stuff, none of this stuff, none of this stuff I ever knew was wrong. I knew nothing was wrong. My wife would tell you. I said, I know, I know how to get it. I know how to pray. I went to my father and I said, Father, your word says, even though it's an Old Testament word, it's already been fulfilled, that you renew my strength as the eagles. Somebody find that for me. Some of y'all, some of y'all know what it already probably. Isaiah 40 what? Some of y'all may know what it is. If you don't know what it is, I want you to mark your Bible. Because he says, I renew your strength as an eagle. You run and I faint. Some of y'all to get it. See, 
When I went there, and when I told the Lord, I said, and I want to read out the NLT when you find it on the screen. And I said, Lord, that's what I want you to do to me. I want my strength back. I got a gym over there, man. Do you understand? I was a basketball player in high school, football player when I was in ninth grade. Either play football or, or pick cotton. I play football. You're always a catch, right? Well, when God showed me this verse, I said, Lord, I want this to come. I want this to happen in me. I want it to happen in me. I don't, I don't, I don't believe this 72 stuff. Don't give me this 72 old and 72. I'm not old 72. I want to make sure I'm healthy. See, the key is we want God to make us wealthy, but you got to understand something. Let him make you healthy. If you, if you get wealth before health, you won't be around long enough. To... Are, are you got the verse from me, somebody, they can put it on the screen? Let me go to my Bible. Huh? Isaiah 40, but you start, you start in 31? Well, you start at? Go to Isaiah 40, start in 29. Or 28. I don't know, somewhere up in there. But I want to read what he's going to say. It's, 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 it's a little. And do it out the NLT. God Almighty. See, we're going to have to understand something. But this is why you understand you got to know you're a son. And if you're a son, you can go to your father and you can tell him the thing you got to need done. God will get that done for you. Because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what was wrong with me. All I know, and the man said, you losing blood? I said, no. He said, well, we're going to check that out when you get in here. We're going to keep you all night. And they did. He said, we can't find them. He said, I've been down the mouth. I said, when you do all that, you was out. You went, we do the mouth, then we come through the other end. We ain't find nothing else. I said, when do you do all that? When you was out. I said, okay, okay. Thanks a lot. Well, I get that done anyway every five years. Like I said, I, I believe in taking care of myself. I want to know. I want to know. I don't want no, no surprises. See, people don't know what cancer is. Cancer is palace, out of control. So if you had your tests, they could have been cutting them off. But no, you just, no, I don't need that. They just, just, just multiplying and growing. You could be getting them cut off. That's why every, you need to go and, and get them cut out. They'll just t -t 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 clip them off. Then you had a couple of two. Okay, thank you. Well, out of 20 years, a couple of two or three times five, be 20. See, what happened, they get us so out of control, they just go all through your whole system. I'm waiting for Y'all don't know Isaiah? Okay, here we go. Have you never heard? Whew, let me read this. Have you never heard? Have you... Never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. Can I get a witness up in here? I say he is the everlasting God. He is the creator of all the earth. Somebody said that's including you and me. He never grows weak. He never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Nobody. Can you measure that? Watch what it says. Come on, come on, give me the next verse, verse 29. He gives power to the weak. Now, that's where I was. He gives power to the weak, so that's where I was. And he gives strength to the powerless. That's where I was. I needed strength from him, and I need power. So Crump beat me every day walking. See, we very competitive. Me and that lady up there, I, I, I got my thing. I said, how many you do? She's, I says, she said, how many did you do first? <laughs> now, that's how challenging we are. I said, I got 4,000, 5,000. She said, I got 13,000. <laughs> now, this is every day. This is every day. She beats me every day. 
I said, how many thousand you got? Ten, I'm taking it off now. <laughs> how many you got? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Every day. It's nowhere in the world. She never leave out the house and still beat me every day. I can't figure it out. <laughs> Things about to change. <laughs> All right. Next verse. Verse 29 I just did. He give power to the weak. He gives strength to the powerless. Next verse. Even youth will become weak and, and tired. Young men going to fail in their exaltation. All that's going to happen. But, I like that next verse. Give me the next verse, please. But those who trust in the Lord, what did I tell you for to be doing? I'm talking about gifts of the Spirit. I have not forgot who I am. God's not going to give you the gifts of the Spirit unless... Got to give it. They, he commits them to your trust. He can't give them to you if he don't trust you. He's not going to make you a pastor if he don't trust you. Because he puts you over everybody and can't trust you. If he can't trust you, be trying to talk to one of these men's daughters or one of these women. And God no one want that. Can't trust you. And then when somebody come here, you don't own somebody here, and they come and say, Pastor, I want to play my tithe. I got all cash. I got all cash. How much you got? Well, I got about 5,000, 10,000. I want to put in the treasure of the Lord. Yeah, bring it on in. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh-uh. That, that's, that's not how God operates. God wants you to take what he gave you and put it to use where you're supposed to put it. If he can't trust you, he can't do that if he can't trust you. Because God can give you millions if he wanted. He can give you millions and thousands. What do he want to give you? But if he can't trust you, he can't do it. You can't take some of the money and put it where you want to put that. Put some of the money where you, you can't trust you. That's not your money. That's why when God give me something, I give right to that lady right there. Make sure to put in the offering of the Lord. Give people their receipts. Ain't my money. See, people don't understand. You can't touch his money. Don't touch his money. Don't touch his glory. His glory is the church. All right, let's finish. Let's finish. I don't know how I got on this, but that's what y'all do when y'all ask me these questions. That's all right. I'm having fun. Watch what it says. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. God, I found it. Watch what he says. They will soar high like the wings of eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. They'll catch up with Sister Crump. <laughs> See, that's what I'm hearing. Is that the last verse? That's what I needed. Get it on a big hand. That's, that's some good stuff. But what did he base it on? Trust. trust. But they that trust in the Lord, that's going to happen. I plan to be here until I want to move. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't want to have to sit down because I can't stand up. Amen. All right. Now let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. He gave some. That word some there means what? Gifts. But he can't give gifts if he can't trust you. All right. So when he gave some, watch this, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave gifts. Those are the gifts. So the gifts is not the people, and the people is not the gift. Do everybody understand that? The only way God will give me the gift to pastor this church, he must trust me. The only reason, and he gave me the gift to pastor. I know this with all my heart. I know he gave me the gift to, to teach. 
That's why I know that. I can, my wife can, can tell you, I can say, look, God can tell me something, I can go to make a message out, message out the same day, say, I'm ready to preach. That's the grace. He give me three and four messages a week. I, I got series I ain't even got two. That's how he works. Watch what he says. What is the gift for? For the perfecting of the saints? For the work of the ministry? For the edifying of the body of Christ? That's what the gift for. And if I have the gift of pastor, I will build up the church. And I'm not talking about just building up the church in natural. I'm talking about bringing up the church to the full measure of Christ. All right. The next verse said, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, that it would perfect again, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Now here's my point. So when you see people today, what are you seeing? You are seeing people saying, I am apostle so-and-so. All right? Let me go to the camera over here, I think. Praise the Lord, but anyway. People are saying today, I am apostle so-and-so, I am prophet so-and-so, I am evangelist so-and-so. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 9, and let's see. Because if you don't have the grace, if you don't have the spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the scriptures, you cannot be an office holder. And now, with all the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding that God will give you, you still must have credibility of being faithful because he's not going to put it in the hands of a person who is still wavering. Not a babe, not a person who have not submitted themselves and died on the other folks' ministries. God not going to make you that. He can't give, do that for you. He has to make you an apostle. He has to make you a pastor. He has to make you a teacher. He has to make you who you're supposed to be. That's what God would do. He'll make you that. He does it by the grace of God he's going to get in your life. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Didn't get very far today. But this is needed right here. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9. Paul said, I am the least of the apostles. And then he says that I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And he did. He wasted it. He called them to blaspheme. But the next verse said, but, I, but by the grace of God. Can somebody say, but by the grace of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. But what was he? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. What was he? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. What was he? He's a He's telling you how he became an apostle. By the grace of God, I'm an apostle. And his grace, which was up on me. What is grace for? To put on you. Grace is what? Up on you. Why do God have to put grace up on you? So that is your ability. Now it's not your ability no more. Grace is up on you. Now you operate under his ability. He has to put grace on you. You're not going to be able to minister to a whole body of believers without the grace of God because there are some people going to get on your last nerve. And I'm going to show you, you're going to have to walk in love with everybody. I'm talking about the one that left your church and called you a false prophet. You got to be able to love them when they come back. Because they didn't know you was true. They didn't know you was the real deal. See, people really don't know you have the real deal. They don't know that yet. 
I don't have time to prove myself to you. I've been ministering 40 years. I have probably never missed a service unless I was having an open heart surgery. Now, that including Bible class, three days a week. Then we went to two days a week. But I'm not here to prove myself to you. See, my, my proving is to him. I'll be here when you go all the way around the world and visit every church and come back. I'll be right here. That's all because you're just trying to find out what a real deal is. I'm telling you already, you have the real deal. But now you can go around looking everywhere you want to look. See, people don't know what they got. I have been gifted. When I say he's gifted me, I'm talking about from the, I can remember from the time I was born, from the, as far as I can remember, from the time I was in the fire, they got me out of the fire. Burn on my hand and face, unrecognizable, in the hospital for the first six months of my life with my head wrapped. Started school when I already after six years old. Never knew anything about no classmate or nothing, no tutoring. After six before I went to school because my head was all wrapped up in my hand. Had to take another man's body and graft on my face and hand so I can live. See, when you, have a, when you can go back and look and see what happened, you can see what God was doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, God, see, you can look at Moses. I go back and look at Moses. He was thrown in the water. Moses said, man, they put me in the die. I can understand, bro. But you had a destiny. And God couldn't let you die. He had to send you over to somebody and have them to take care of you. You don't hear what I'm saying. The same person that put him in the water, he put the basket in the water. The basket went over here to the woman. Pharaoh found the woman, and the basket came back to the mama who put the basket in the water. God had that woman to take care of the baby for, for Pharaoh until the baby was grown and it was her own baby. All the baby did was ride across the water over there to the rich woman. So I want you to take care of this baby here till he's grown. Take care of that baby till he's grown. God gave the baby to the rich woman. And then when the rich woman had the baby, the, the next king of of Egypt, then the woman gave the baby back to the mama because the mama raised the baby. See, that's what God did. He wanted his baby to have education. And then now he can go and deliver God's people. See, I went to school, went to college. I was in St. Louis, Missouri, had no money. And my principal called me and he said, you know what, we were looking through our records and we found out you are the top boy in, this, in your senior class. I said, I was? <laughs> I was? Yeah, you are. He said, we got a scholarship for you for two years. If you'll take it, it's free. Don't have to pay nothing. Just go to school, tell them who you are, and they'll give you your dormitory. You'll play sports if you want to. Do you want to pay a dime? You got the free meal. Everything for two straight years. Do you want it? I say, I'm, I'm leaving right now. I'm leaving, I'm leaving right now. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Once the General Motors, they told me that I'm laying off. Matter of fact, your plant closed in Crump. 1986, we don't have no job for you no more. I said, well, well you know, you got to have something for me. He said, no, we don't have no job for you. Then all of a sudden, the jobs banks open up. That was for 10 years. Had me off at downtown United Way. What, my wife and I just had a baby. Over there on the keyboard. 1970. Here I am, just got here. Got a year in General Motors, Max. And the man told me, you got to go to the military, Vietnam. I'm going, oh, my God. I can't do that. I just came from the plantation, just finished school. I got a future, got a wife and a baby. Lord! I went down there. The man told me, go through the line. Just go through the line. He just said, go through the line. I went through the line. Got down to the end of the line. The man said, 
Put your arm right there, and I want you to pull. Put on the trigger and pull. I said, I can't pull. He said, why? My finger was broke when I got out of high school. He said, put your clothes on and get out of here. Don't tell me what God, God already got it laid out. If God be for you, who? Who going to be against you? God already got your life mapped out. Don't try to go do something. Find out who you are. Find out do you have the grace. And once you get the grace, then all things are possible. My time is up, God Almighty. My time is up. My time is already up. When God put his hands on your life, nobody can take you away but you. One day God said to me, you in the fuck of the road. Don't go that way, crump. I need you to walk this straight and narrow way. It's time to walk the straight and narrow way. Don't be worried about girlfriends. Don't be worried about money. Don't be worried about nothing. Just walk the straight and the narrow way because your life is already destined. I want you to pastor my church. I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, just make me that, and then I'll be that. Forty years ago, God started working on this product. He's not done yet, but I am what I am by the grace of God. That's why I tell you today, God's grace is sufficient for you. My time is up. I thank you for yours, and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.